I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back, and today we are talking about 1953's Peter Pan. Yes, we are, and we have a very special guest today. Um, I feel like this is a movie we've been, I I don't necessarily want to say looking forward to, but have been (laughs) thinking about going forward. And I think, well, dread is the wrong word, but it's been a combination of a lot of things. And a lot of it has to do with our guest, who, when we were talking about this podcast, told us, oh man, have you guys seen Peter Pan lately? And so that's been uh, been our thought going forward, but we have my friend from college and Tara's friend from knowing me, (laughs) Janelica. Hey, hey there. I'm glad to be here today. So, yes. You really uh, brought it to our attention. And I will say, we listened to another podcast called Podcast the Ride uh, that is all about Disney rides and um, amusement park rides. And they did the Peter Pan ride. And they go into talking about this movie and how terrible it is. So that also, I feel like you told us about it. And then I listened to that episode and I was like, oh man, we're in for it when we sit down and watch Peter Pan. Just the real rough indigenous representation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Go ahead. Also, go ahead. Tell us your story of like the last time you watched Peter Pan. Well, yeah, I guess, my gosh, I think I really actually enjoyed it when I was a child. I, um, Man, I don't know the age I was when I first watched it, but it was probably like probably seven, eight. I didn't really do Disney really early, like in the like five year old, like my my daughter Valentina, who's obsessed with Disney. She watches all the Disney stuff, so watched it, loved it, of course. Uh, revisited it with her. Obviously, she's super into Disney. We've slowly going through the catalog with her now that Disney Plus is available. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's watch Peter Pan because I think that'll be a great, easy thing to watch. And oh, wow. I was <laughs> I was just not prepared. Just of all the things that have, like, I, I've just seen her experience with other Disney films that are more modern right now. And then going back to that, it was really, it was shocking. And she was asking for more. She really wanted to see it again. She's like, she was obsessed. First watch, she's like, I want to watch this. So I knew where this was going, where, where like, a child becomes obsessed with the movie and they just want to watch it like a hundred times and over, and over, yeah. over and over and over again. And I just, everybody's, everybody's kid in Moana. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really hard for me to, to literally tell her, I don't think we really can watch this again. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was a very hard thing. And she was really upset with me. And so it just got me thinking about all these different things I had never thought in the context of Disney uh, before. And it really, I guess it really just obviously changed my perception, obviously, and now I'm a mom and all these new types of things are coming into my head. I'm like, wow, how do I proceed with letting my child be exposed to this? Is it problematic? Right. Is it a teaching moment? What kinds of things do I need to really well, do with this? Yeah, and that that's my question, too, because she's five. Like, when you were hesitant to have her watch it again, did you go into why? Or was it more just like, I don't think we should watch this right now, or kind of redirect her to another movie, or, you know? At 
that point, I was so taken aback. I needed to give myself some space to really think about how I wanted to proceed and talk to her about it first. Like, yeah. I just, so at first I was like, you know what, we just can't watch this movie right now. And she kept asking why. I was like, you know, I just really feel there's not a lot of themes in here that are just not appropriate for you. And we talked to her <laughs> like this a lot. So this more has to do with the way I talked to my right. child. And I'm like, I, yeah, I also yeah. feel like that's hard because when you say like, this has themes in it, you shouldn't see. They're like, well, which ones? And then that becomes that like forbidden fruit thing of it, like. It, it was, and it was yeah. a few days. I was like, this is, I was like, listen, I, I, and then finally I was able to come back to that. I was like, listen, there's just a lot of different things that are a lot of things that she recognizes that either of her. I was like, these are more adult things that I need to talk to you about. I hadn't wrapped my head around it. I really needed to educate myself more about what I should tell my child. It was yeah. difficult. It's also like, hey, why don't you point at another movie you want to see? And she's like, this one. And it's Pocahontas. And you're like, no. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's just it's just so hard. And I, I mean, now I'm thinking about it. It was very shocking for me. And I'm like, I think I would definitely let her watch it again and then maybe just do more discussion. And that's what I've been doing a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Well, I think maybe we should save like the, this is a bigger yeah, discussion that I'd like to have and we should save <laughs> yeah. it for after the movie. No, because, I agree. Yeah. But I, but thank you. And we'll, we've yeah. Been, and we are on board for that. And that's talk part of another reason. Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> another reason why we were so excited to have you on. And, and also with our friend Melissa is because we don't have kids. I, we are always so interested in that perspective, like from a parent's point of view and ones that were nostalgic for you as a kid, right? Because that's why we started this podcast was for the nostalgia aspect with us. So I think especially for this one, it's important to definitely dive into that. We also, last night I watched a video on YouTube that was indigenous people watch poor representations of themselves on mm-hmm. movies. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll find the Peter Pan one. And they start with the Peter Pan one. And oh, wow. it's just funny because it's, it's it's all of them going like, like getting <laughs> bug eyed looking at it, and then one guy just sinks his head and looks at the camera and goes, "This used to be my favorite movie." <laughs> I know that's what yeah. it, that's what it was. It was like a shock. It was a shock. Like, oh my god, I forgot all about this. Well, let's for anyone who doesn't know Peter Pan, let's get yeah. the synopsis real quick. Nineteen fifty three uh, is when it came out. It got an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and the synopsis is: In this Disney animated film, Wendy and her two brothers are amazed when a magical boy named Peter Pan flies into their bedroom, supposedly in pursuit of his rebellious shadow. He and his fairy friend Tinkerbell come from a far-off place called Neverland, where children stay perpetually young. Enchanted, the kids follow him back, but when Pan's nemesis, the pirate Captain Hook, causes trouble, the kids begin to miss their old life. And this one was a hit because yes. it's—I've I've got the—it was number five that year at the box office. The top three being The Robe, which I've never heard of, and then From Here to Eternity and Shane, both of which I know. From Here to Eternity uh, was Frank Sinatra, and he won an Academy Award for that role. Is that... That's a, that's a my work. nugget. From yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... Yeah, because I, I work with old people, but it also grossed $7 million. So I, I'm always curious how much it made. So that's how much it made. It said in domestic rental, rentals after it... Um, was in the box yes. office. And it was so. based on a 1904 James Berry stage play. Yes. And also then a 1911 novel by yes. the same author. Mm-hmm. The stage play was Peter Pan and the novel was Peter and Wendy. 
I didn't look up anything like a production stage play. I remember seeing Finding Neverland, which was like the Johnny Depp movie about. Oh yeah, yeah like about Jan Barry. That. Yeah. All I remember is him sitting on a on a uh, bench crying at the, the him and the boy like from Charlie Buckets from the new Willy Wonka like. <laughs> Kind of like, <laughs> like that's all I remember about that movie. Yeah, I remember them being in the gardens and stuff, like playing around, which is like, I think yeah. that's the it's whole. Apparently, a very impactful film. Yeah, I remember. Like... I know I saw it, but I don't remember too yeah, much exactly. about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do have, I do have some things about the original play versus the Disney. So, like some comparisons. Uh, one thing I have is that Hook in the play loses his right hand. But Disney artists felt it would limit his actions too much, so they switched it to his left. As a left-handed person, I don't understand. It's an animated character. Like, why would one hand affect his actions and the other hand wouldn't? Like, I was really, like, really kind of, like... Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like both, like Jelka and I both kind of like, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I read that comment and I was like, why would it matter which hand of I his? I mean, the only thing I can off. think of is this is similar to Alice in Wonderland we were talking about last week, where they like filmed the with whole live movie models. With, with with actors, yeah, and maybe that redrew a lot of it. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe it's just easier to draw right hand. Maybe, maybe they recognize the importance of right handed people over <laughs> left handed people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, at least the author uh, oh, okay, okay. did it. So the other thing is, in the play, Pan was a permanent resident of Neverland, where the Lost Boys were only temporary lodgers. So if they seemed to grow up, Pan, get ready, listeners, Pan would kill them to prevent Neverland from overpopulation and reduce the chances of challenge to his rule. Peter Pan is Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> like That's messed up. Yeah, I mean, he's a pretty dark character in general, but yeah. Yeah, I think uh, J.M. Barry in his actual book, it's like quoted as it was Thin the Herd. That's what... Yeah, now, he, he also, in addition to like what Janelic is saying, um, he praised the success when the Disney version came out, and Walt didn't care for the version when it was finished because he felt that Pan was cold and unlikable, and Barry said... That Pan was originally written as a heartless sociopath, so he was fine with the way that he was portrayed. Well, it's interesting because I feel like if yeah. any of you guys watched uh, Once Upon a Time, no, I haven't no, watched that's that though. television show, right? Yes, yes, or read. There's a comic series called Fables, which is a similar thing where it's like uh, fairy tale stories coming into the real world. And uh, in Once Upon a Time, there's like a whole half a season where Peter Pan is the bad guy and his shadow is like this monster he sends out to go like <laughs> capture people and stuff. Oh my gosh. And then in Fables, the whole story of Fables is all the all the fairy tale people have come to New York and are hiding because there's a war in their dimension or whatever. All the fable tale, fairy tale lands where someone came through and has taken them all over. And he's referred to as the emperor or the entity or something like that. And it's a mystery who he is, and I'm going to, spoiler alert, skip ahead if you're interested in reading fables. It's decades old. Um, <laughs> it ends up being Geppetto, and it's he's oh, made all of his yeah. soldiers out of wood and all this stuff. Be- but it was originally supposed to be Peter Pan. Hmm. That was oh, their original yeah. intention because everyone went, Peter Pan is so sociopathic, like you said. Yeah. And it, uh, it, But it was like there was something tied up in rights. Because this is like a, a – a, you know, there's the – disney version but there was that weird one in 2003 where all the kids were actually kids there was the other one that was like the prequel to pan did you guys hear about that that was a few years ago with hugh jackman yeah i saw that is it pan is it called pan i think it's just called pan yeah 
and like the pirates sing Nirvana and yeah. like the Ramones and stuff. I it's read so that. Weird. I read that. I was like, "What is going on?" I never watched I it, it, but was I was reading about it. Yeah, I think it was trying to be Moulin Rouge in a way. Oh, so maybe okay. that's like so. Like oh, their sea chanty yeah. is like, but Moulin Rouge also used that Nirvana song. So <laughs> it's weird. I read I read the synopsis last night. It's like they're. Blackbeard, who's Hugh Jackman, and like kidnaps kids and makes them mine pixie dust, and like one of the other kids is Hook, and it's like Pan and Hook like join with Tiger Lily, and they like, and Tiger Lily is like a warrior princess thing, and she teaches Pan how to fight, and then at the end it's like James and Pan like J- uh, James Hook takes over the Jolly Roger, and they like shake hands, talking about how they'll always be friends forever. So like they were setting up for a sequel that was still a prequel. Yeah. Whatever. It sounds awful. We should also mention that we got ready for this by yes. watching Mary Martin's Peter Pan last night, which is free on YouTube if anybody wants to revisit it. It was. I don't know, Janelica. Did you ever watch that one growing up? I think I did. So. I know she was like one of the originals, right? For the that was the main play, the first play that was out, like for well, the role, nice, yeah, for the role. Anyway, no, yeah, nineteen fifty four is when it first debuted on Broadway. What was that video? Was that video from the sixties? That was from nineteen sixty. So NBC okay. did several um, televised versions of the Broadway play, and it had the same stars in it. So that was like the third or fourth time that it had been televised. Mm-hmm. So each time they used the same actors. And both Mary Martin and um, the guy who played Hook. I have his name It's somewhere. something super British. It's like but, Nigel <laughs> Rathwaite. Yeah, that's not it. But it is something like that. But uh, they both won Tonys for their performances. So uh, Well deserved. She yes. was... Okay, I'm going to going to play my hand a little bit on this. I'm fully expecting to hate Peter Pan as a character. Cyril Richard. Cyril Richard. Cyril Richard. <laughs> yes. So that's close. Yeah. Nigel, Nigel Rathwaite or whatever. Yeah, pretty close. Um, but so I'm fully expecting to hate this version of, of the character of Peter Pan. Um, Mary Martin, again, the character is sociopathic and weird. The way the play ends is, is he shows back up and is like, you can't come with You're us, Wendy, but old, I'm going to take Wendy. your daughter. <laughs> and like, flies off. She doesn't maniacally laugh like that. No, she's charming as the character, I think. But like still obnoxious, but I don't think quite as much as yes. in the Disney version. But Ryan and I had such nostalgia and like could still sing the words to the songs. And I am obsessed with that Captain Hook. I love him oh, so much. Yeah. He's so good. Listeners, it's worth going back to watch just for the Captain Hook And song. there are... He's got like three numbers and they're all wonderful. Yeah. Uh, a Tarantella, whole... a Tango. Yes. There's this whole gimmick where when he has to think of a plot he needs music for inspiration. for inspiration so all of his pirates like carry around instruments and they all like play the song but like one of them has a bassoon which is yes. the most like unwieldy instrument you can just <laughs> carry around with you at all time. have it in your it's pocket like a, it's like a yeah it's like a it's, it's a big marching <laughs> bass drum and some guy's got a violin and then a bassoon and i'm like what you know how much i love a bassoon I, you but, like bassoon. i was this is ridiculous yeah but I, there are some problematic moments in it. Uh, we'll get to those. But I will say, yeah. overall, I think it, it held up fairly well. No, I'd like to watch it's it. It's mostly though. weird. Yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah. It's like, you know, not to not to breeze over. what. There's a different word I'm looking for. But I don't I think you got it. Yeah, yeah I don't want to breeze it. over the fact of the problematic moments. They are there. We'll get back to them. But when we yeah, them. I don't yeah. think I don't think they're nearly as much as the Disney version. The weird stuff to me was things like the mother is like, 
father, I saw a young young boy in the window, and I caught his shadow. And the dad and the father's like, oh, that's weird. Totally and fine I'm like, with what? it. <laughs> and the same thing too, like when when Peter like lands in, and I'm curious if that's how it happens in the Disney version. But when he shows up, like no one is surprised, no one is scared. Well, and then the other thing too, in the Disney version, they I think they're going to act like. They read Peter Pan stories all the time. Like they're a character. He's, yes. He's oh, so they're that's kind of how it's set up. It's kind of like Got Miss, it. Mrs. Darling, the mother, has like I don't know told them told them the stories similar mm-hmm. in the similar vein and kind of know about it. And that's kind of how it starts out. It and they discuss that too. We can discuss this later about like how Walt Disney was just like the whole beginning of Peter Pan. He didn't even want to touch. He was like, that's a totally separate story. That's why they ended up starting with oh, that yeah. scene of where like Peter Pan comes in and right. they start the story. It, there was at one point they so just to back up, this was originally their idea for the second Disney movie. They okay. wanted to do this at, at, like after Snow White because uh, Walt Disney saw a production when he was a kid. He's always been a big fan. He of He also this. apparently played Peter Pan in a production. No oh, way. interesting. Yeah, I, I, did you I, see a really? picture of that? No, it was a fact I looked up. <laughs> so we'll have to see if we can do some searching. But, um, oh my gosh. but then, but then he had uh, so similar to Alice in Wonderland. So on the Alice in Wonderland episode, we talked about I, I'll get his name, but there was someone who did like pre-production stills for them oh i just put same guy way to go ryan good notes <laughs> um so the same guy who did the you remember how they had like the horrific alice in wonderland thing where everyone's heads were like big and yes, weird and kind of like how the tim burton one turned out oh yeah um so he originally did that for mary uh for uh, mary poppins uh for peter pan and uh then the war came and they kept pushing it back and pushing it back and then they eventually came back to it and at that time the person who came back and kind of redid the the stills was mary blair the same woman who did them for alice in wonderland oh okay and she's apparently a big thing i found a book there's like lots of books that are like mary blair's art and disney and all that stuff so she's going to be i think a big figure moving forward yeah and i i also read somewhere that they had trouble getting the rights originally to this um i saw that too i read yeah Yeah. i read that too that they were having yeah i'm trying to get so i wonder if that's currently to like a hospital did you yeah yeah they do and Mm -hmm. every time it gets played the proceeds go to that hospital oh wow i didn't read into the story of like did he do that or or where where that came down the line but that's where it is now do we how do we feel i feel like we've kind of just gone over like sometimes (laughs) we do a little more history and this is more of just our feelings of peter yeah yeah Yeah, i I would which is fine which is totally fine i always like to give the listeners some things to look out for cool and so one of those things there's a goofy holler in this one yes Uh, and it is during yeah it's during captain hook's fight with the croc uh inside the cave at skull rock so you'll hear a goofy holler at some point uh the other thing that i wanted to mention to look out for let me flip over my notes uh hook and smee when they're rowing uh towards pan and the mermaids Hook stands like George Washington in the 1851 painting Washington Crosses the Delaware. So, yes, I will be looking up a still of both of those (laughs) and posting it. (laughs) Uh, But those are just some things to look out for. And the other thing I found interesting is the sound of Tinkerbell. So they Mm. went uh, through a lot of different tries with bells and chimes and they felt it was too harsh on the ears. And what they eventually did is they cut up aluminum and they strung the pieces of aluminum together, and that's her sound. Huh. So I found that really interesting because everyone just assumes it's chimes, I feel like, or Mm -hmm. a certain kind of bell. So, 
we, we may cut this part out, but one thing I meant to look up and I didn't do was kind of looking into the history of Tinkerbell as like a Disney mascot. Because I feel like she kind of became like almost like Porky Pig and the like not the main character, but like introducing the shorts or whatever. Like, yeah, well, she became with the, the Pinocchio song. Uh, when you wish upon a star, like when the castle comes on and that star goes over, sometimes isn't it Tinkerbell? Probably. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. But. Yeah, and older like Disney things when it she she comes out, but not now. Yeah. Not so much now, or when they yeah. introduce or whatever. But yeah, Tinkerbell, and you're right. We, she does become like a almost sort of a mascot, a mascot. for yeah, yeah. for Disney, which is really interesting because I don't know. There's a lot of problematic things with her as well. Well, so that's interesting. We might want to put some of this in. But with Tinkerbell, I was reading, and now I don't have it, because I thought it was kind of disrespectful to read off the measurements of the woman who is the model. But that was one of my facts, was like, I guess them trying to justify the way Tinkerbell looks is because that model had a similar figure, the live model for Tinkerbell. Well, there's another thing I saw about the evolution of that character, and it was very obviously an evolution of like what was the, the considered you know, a, a hot woman through those ages. Cause this was been, imp- they've been working on it since the thirties. So they so did it's like, like that a, bombshell. Yeah, bombshell yeah. Blonde, you tell, hips, yeah, it, kind of curved. Yeah. Yes. Tiny waves. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I, I got a little cartoon crush for Tinkerbell. So I'll let you guys take over that. Cause I don't think I'm going to have quite the perspective. Well, no, I just know that, you know, I've read things about her and I was reading that. And like I said, when I read the fact that they like actually gave me the measurements of the model, I was like, okay, I think they're going a little too far to try to like prove their point. She also, they brought her in, like, again, they were looking for actors to do stuff and they told her like, we need you. You're walking along this, this, there's a scene where she's looking in the mirror and she looks at her hips and then she holds up the size and gets upset about them. And that was apparently kind of improv by her. Mm-hmm. Like, because she was originally just supposed to be like walking and noticing herself in the mirror, and then she did that. Yeah. And they laughed, and they're like, "Can you come back next week?" And like, she just became the like she went from like we just are having a hard time visualizing this one scene to come do all our Tinkerbell stuff. Oh, that's interesting. So, good for her for getting that job, but like, yeah, you got to do what you got to do in 1950 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, this is now too because Tinkerbell has taken like a big modern take where they just. There's no Peter Pan story. Like, Valentina watches Tinkerbell series. Oh, right, right, right. And oh, yeah, that's right. it's a totally different thing. It's like girl empowerment and doing things on their own. And there's a whole fairy community that helps, and they're all girls. And obviously, they help each other out. And they, I don't know. I mean, she's like, I don't know. I've always thought of her as kind of punk. Like, because she's like got that like short hair. Like, I think they've kind of like moved her in that direction a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's very sassy from what I remember. Yeah. She's also very jealous. Listen, so many characters are going to be going to going to be ruined in this. But let's. (laughs) I know. We'll get get into it here. (laughs) Did you guys have anything else you want to add before we start? No. No, I don't think so. All right. Then I think it's time. To pull this out of the out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR, guys. All right, we'll see you on the other side, listeners. All right, listeners, we are back, and what a Ooh, trip boy. it was! <laughs> oh boy, is right. That was yeah. that was an adventure. 
there was a An lot adventure in time i i don't know like do we just start and we'll just get to the stuff when yeah, we get there i think i think let's follow our same format i think we're gonna have much more discussion versus like more on yeah. the story and the animation but i think we just kind of dive into it but if you're a woman or an indigenous person or an indigenous woman we apologize yeah <laughs> Uh, so when we open it, we did notice that they mentioned it may contain outdated cultural depictions. And you mentioned something about how Warner Brothers kind of words it a little bit differently. So, yeah, this is, this one's particularly Tom and Jerry's shorts, but apparently they've been showing them in a lot of other things. It says, Tom and Jerry shorts may depict some ethnic and Rachel, Rachel. Who that was? <laughs> Tom and Jerry Shorts may depict some ethnic and racial prejudices that were once commonplace in American society. Such depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. While not representing the Warner Brothers view of today's society, these shorts are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices never existed. I think that's way more... There was much more thought put into it where yes. I feel like Disney, the way Disney words it, not to put words in Disney's mouth, but the way they word it, it's like, oh, we have to, we have to say this, Disney right? in general, and this is a much bigger discussion, but Disney, I think, is so worried about their, um, like, Warner Brothers isn't only their cartoon. Like, they don't have, like, a full brand. There's a lot of different stuff with Warner Brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different stuff with Disney, but at the end of the day, like, you think of Disney like it's this clean-cut, family-friendly thing. And I think they, they don't just, want to draw attention to it. They don't want to draw attention to it. They want to kind of be like, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. And they seem to be covered up Whereas Warner Brothers is like approaching the thing from a much more adult, a much more well thought out position. Well, and also after you read the Warner Brothers statement, you feel heard if you're someone yeah. who is offended by what they've watched in the cartoons where I don't necessarily know from it may contain outdated cultural depictions. I don't know that you feel heard after that reading just, that statement. And it, the idea that it's outdated makes it seem like, I like that Warner Brothers said it wasn't cool then, it's not cool now. Yeah. Like, the outdated ones makes it feel like, I don't, I never like the idea that like, well, that's just the way it was back then. Yeah, and the way it was back then sucked. The way it is now is going to suck in the future, but it sucks now too, you know? like it's- Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, opening before we've even press play. Oh, so as goodness. we press play, uh, the one thing that we did want to <laughs> mention, um, and both Janelica and Ryan mentioned this about the hospital and uh, how the copyright was connected to a hospital. And so they do, uh, Disney's is always good about giving credit and thanking people along the way we've noticed. And here it writes, um, Dis- they are grateful to the hospital for sick children in Great Ormond Street, London, to which Sir James M. Barry gave his copyright of Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. So they do give credit there. And then it opens. We open with the song and the night sky and London with the narrator. Um, and we see the Darling house and the Darling family. And they mention that Peter chose this house because the family believed in him. So already you've kind of got this creeper factor with peter i don't know that they meant it that way but like the way it was worded was very much like well they also say all this has happened before and it will happen again it's like this weird like peter pan is eternal and will come for your children one day <laughs> it's like wow <"Wah."> yeah. <laughs> and then uh then we see nana who i love nana nana is so great in this and she comes in with the tonic and she's making the bed and she's tidying up the blocks which becomes a bit throughout these next couple sequences 
and then you are introduced to the father who comes in looking for his cufflinks. Well, also the boys are playing pirate. They're yes. jumping from bed to bed, and one of them one of them points out the yes. cuff, uh, John says the cufflinks, Michael, and Michael's like the buried treasure, and they're like, well, where's the map? And then and Michael can't find the map at first. Yes, it's lost. And Mr. Darling goes to get what did we decide that thing's called? His shirt front. It's a uh, yeah front shirt. Is that like a, in a formal nineteen hundreds? Yes, but tuxedo. now all of us were in band in high school, all three of us, and so like I I know what a cummerbund is because of band, and I know like weird antiquated like we had spats in college, Janelica. Like we all have, I, mm-hmm. we have both yeah. amongst us have worn weird antiquated like pieces of, of, of that of, were not popular at yes. the time we wore them yeah now yeah has anyone ever seen anyone in their lives wear this shirt front thing and i feel like it's a weird cartoon thing for that time of always like someone getting upset at flipping up in their face like that yeah it's always that in, in different cartoons i've seen that happen have you ever seen one of these in real life i haven't seen one in real life it'd just be like in period pieces and i've yeah. obviously been on some things but nothing that far back where i'd actually seen one yeah same here i'm gonna try i'm gonna try listeners and see if you could buy one today and if so i'm oh gonna boy. make it part of my normal wardrobe great well <laughs> you're not going anywhere anytime soon so it'll be you'll <laughs> wear it around, around the, house. the house but yeah so you know what we come to find is this shirt front has the map on it michael has drawn the map in chalk and you know wendy's been telling them stories and the father just gets really kind of exacerbated and very dramatic about how Wendy needs to stop telling them stories and needs to grow up and have a room of her own. And, you know, she she needs to stop kind of all this silliness. And as that's happening, uh, Nana is also getting in the father's way. And there's a lot of physical comedy in this yes. section. He uh, trips mm-hmm. over Nana. There's a big thing in the yeah, family. Yeah, he trips rushes. over the blocks and they all go to Nana and say, poor Nana. And this is the spot where I felt the most uh, kinship to Mr. Darling <laughs> because sometimes I feel like uh, the dog is more doted on in the family <laughs> than perhaps the father figure of the family. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm going to plead the fifth on that and not comment. <laughs> but yeah, so basically they all rush to Nana's side and then he's like, that's it. Nana's going out. She's not a nurse anyway. She's a dog. Like she needs to be outside. And so the father goes to Which, time. If you have a dog that can do nurse duties, like don't take that for granted. For I, God's know. I know, right? <laughs> Nana was so good, like making the beds and like making sure the block said ABC. Like. Yes. Yes. She was literate. <laughs> so smart. Uh, well, so, mind you, they were still trying to give their children tonic to go to sleep. That's true. So. Yes. <laughs> knock yes. them out to go to sleep. So, uh, so yeah. So he goes down and I love the bit where he's searching for the rope yes. and Nana's holding the rope in her mouth. She's like, here it is. Like, tie me up. Come Nana, on. Nana is a Newfoundland uh, dog. And I looked up just images. Like how, how does this look? And all of the images are of like, these giant dogs that just look so like like if I feel like they nailed it with Nana, just that kind of yeah. slightly sad look, but just like boo. Yeah, she was great, <laughs> and even the father like tries to to tell Nana like I care about you, but like you are a dog, and they yeah. need to do this and whatever. Mister Darling ends up being likable. He's a buffoon and kind of very dramatic. Of like yeah, if he can't dramatic. find his cufflinks, then they can't go to the party. And if they can't go to the party, then he won't go to work. Like his anxiety goes like through yes. the roof very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I love as they're going to the party, they've tucked the children in and uh, 
the mother, Wendy mentions that Peter Pan has come Mm -hmm. to the window and the mother has the appropriate reaction, unlike the 1960 play where she's like, what do you mean? Yeah. When Wendy mentions a boy has come to the window. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, the mother is talking to the father about it and he just thinks it's another story and he calls it fiddle faddle, which I loved. Well, he's so mean to her about it. He's like, oh, Peter Pan. Yeah, yeah, he's very sarcastic to her, yeah, about that. So then uh, Pan comes kind of in through the window. Well, they cut to that shot. Oh, yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, the shots. And he looks evil, it's, yeah. It's like he, he leans He almost in. has like a dark mask now, of a shadow over his face. Now, it's a very cool animation and lighting effect, but it makes him look horrible. I'm sure I can find this this, this frame Image, somewhere, yeah. but it leaves like kind of like a bandit's mask of yeah. shadow well, over it's, his eyes. It's interesting that, you know, obviously he starts off in the shadows, and that's like one of his first images. Like, why did they depict him that way, you know? Like, that's, like, his first kind of reveal. Mm-hmm. Like, is it just more mischievous? Or is it just, like, oh, is it premonition? He's kind of weird and creepy. Kind of a weird first thing to see. Yeah, I guess. yeah it, it's, it is the yeah. first time you see his face is it's, with the shadow. Yeah. 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 Well, they I, refer to him as a fiend later, which I think is a good representation of him. He's not, you know, even at his best, he's he's He's, he's still, still not still, great. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. he's kind of, exactly. yeah. Yeah, so... He comes in to the room and they're all sleeping and he's looking for his shadow. And Tink, this is when we see Tinkerbell walking over the hand mirror where she's looking at herself and she's like checking herself out and seems very happy with herself until she gets to her hips. And then she's not super pumped at what her hips look like. And then she like does that measurement where it's like her hands are on her hips and then she puts it up mm-hmm. to her face to see how wide her hips are. Can we take a sec to talk about Tinkerbell? Because I, yeah. I think I'm a little bit jumping ahead, but I, I, my cartoon crush for Tinkerbell remains. I also just <laughs> liked her. Like she was just fun, but like, I feel like, I, like you were saying, Janelica, I like that this character is maybe more of a like female empowerment character now because I feel like the character's interesting. It's good animation stuff, but it there are decisions that are made that I think is very like a man made these decisions. Like a yeah. man was animating yes. her. There's things like that. But there's other parts mm-hmm. that I just I just like Tinkerbell. She's very sassy, and I do like that. I like that she's got her own opinion and she's going to stick to it. And even later on, when Pan banishes her, she doesn't like try to beg his forgiveness she just she leaves yeah so she does leave yeah yeah i feel like there's definitely more to her character um and you can kind of see that they definitely uh leave it open to interpretation for later which obviously leads to what i was talking Mm -hmm. about more modern tinkerbell shows that are exist now so and that's the question i have do you know if she talks in the ones now oh yeah there's because i i like the kind of pantomime version of her in this where she was like like there's a part where she gets mad at Wendy and she sits down and she makes this face and just goes like Mm-mm-mm, like at the camera and I really like that like I thought she was it was just kind of an interesting I think it interesting and then it created more of a creative way to like how do we get her she, we can only show her physically we can't have her speak like how to get mm-hmm. her emotions across I think yeah interesting. yeah her emotions and the animations they use like when she's just like waving her hands like oh yeah that's exactly what i wanted you to uh to do that type of thing yeah and um, the same with her her coloring too when she gets angry yes. how she gets <laughs> yes yeah her emotions it's really i mean as a, watching as a child it's very magical because it's like oh this is you understand what she's saying mm-hmm. you know what's going on in the thing but yes in the more modern ones they she has a voice along with the other like 
fairies that they, I don't know exactly where they're located because I haven't watched every single episode with Valentina. <laughs> well, go but, ahead and do uh, that and get back to us. <laughs> back to where they live. Yeah. Exactly. But yes, they, they all talk and they solve different, um, different, they do different, have adventures and stuff and solve mm-hmm. different kind of problems. Uh, so basically he's just chasing his shadow around the room and that's some cool animation when they're doing that and that's when tink also gets locked in the drawer he finds the shadow in the drawer the the shadow jumps out and then she gets locked in the drawer because she can't get out because her hips oh well that's yeah i was gonna get there (laughs) so then wendy does wake up and she's so chatty and like i wrote a comment that like i talk a lot to begin with but when i'm nervous i talk more and ryan can attest to that on our first date i did most of the talking and i think that that's like that's the feeling I got from Wendy here. She's so excited to meet Peter and she just has all these things she's wanted to tell him. She's been waiting to tell him for so long. And he basically is just like, girls talk too much and Wendy is enough when he's like, tell me your name. And then she goes on. His first three lines are girls talk too much. Then get, get, get to it girl and then yeah. she starts to introduce herself he's like wendy's fine like yeah and we're just like Oy. and so a lot of this is a back and forth between her trying to sew his shadow on and then we go back to tinkerbell in the drawer and that's when you see she can't get out of the key lock she's peeking to see what's going on and her hips are too big so that's what's stopping her from mm-hmm. getting out of the drawer so that happens too so then she so show sews his shadow and talks about how she's got to grow up like it's so it's lucky that he came tonight because this is the last night that she'll be in the nursery and so he wants to try to take her to neverland and immediately she says well what will mother think and uh you know she's focused on mother and the boys she wants to take her brothers with her and meanwhile tink is still trying to get out of the drawer well she says i'm so happy i could give you a kiss yes and then she tries to give Pan a kiss, and then that's when Tinkerbell, in her anger, is able to get out of the drawer. She's got, like, scissors trying yeah. to open the drawer. And then she pulls uh, Wendy's hair to pull her back from Peter Pan. And then that's when uh, Wendy asks what Tinkerbell said, and Pan says, "She's a you're a big, you're a big ugly dumb girl. girl. Yeah, you're a big, ugly girl. Yeah. So then it kind of goes into the whole sequence on like how to fly. So, you know, think wonderful thoughts and the song you can fly. And then he's like, well, something's not right. Oh, you need a little pixie dust. And he taps Tinkerbell on the butt. He grabs her by the wings. Yeah. And and pats her butt. So then they all get fairy dust. There's also shots when she's stuck in the door from behind and like her skirt is flipping up and it's a. It's just, it's so male gazy. It's just gross. Yeah. So then they go off to Neverland and Nana, I love the shot where Nana's trying to fly with her ears. And then Michael just picks up Tinkerbell and just shakes her like a salt shaker uh, (laughs) to get Nana to fly. And so she (laughs) tries. Yang twins song. Shake it like a salt shaker. It could be. Oh yeah. I was more thinking of, uh, what is it? Oh, hey, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I do like when they fly to Neverland, they do stop at Big Bend for a minute. So yes. they're all on Big Bend and they're mm-hmm. flying over London. Well, this this is a good place to bring this up. So there is a Peter Pan. There's Peter Pan's Flight, which is a uh, ride. Now, uh, Janelica, you're in California. Have you been to Disneyland and been on that ride? I think I went to it, like, when we were first out here, I went on it, but I haven't been on it since. It's yeah. been a while. So it's, it's a lot a of it. I, I watched a, a, a ride-through of it. A lot of it and is, And you watched like, the Disneyland ride-through. I did watch the Disneyland yeah. one. 
Um, I, a lot of it is like forced perspective where it looks like you're over London and then flying and through Neverland and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's like this song and this sequence is kind of like a lot of the, the good happy memories of this, this movie. And for a lot of people is maybe what they remember nostalgia wise. Also, yes. if they've been to the yeah. parks because you're in the pirate ship, right? That's the ride yes. vehicle. You're in a, sh- and a it's pirate like, ship. It's the track oh, yeah. is above you. So you're like suspended. Yeah. Um, and so that brings us to what we see next. So we do see yes. the pirate's life. So we zoom in on the ship and Smee, who, Smee? Hashtag Smee for life, man. Like, Team Smee. I know, I love so Smee. Good. In all, in all char- characters where Smee comes in, even in those, that off-brand cartoon I was telling you about, I mean, he's always the best. It's always well done. Like, yeah. His, his voice, though, it sounds like character has well just... just pasta stuffed into both cheeks we should like. also mention that he's the voice of the white rabbit yes he's a white rabbit and then alice. wendy uh, wendy is rabbit. the voice uh of alice as well and so we just watched alice last week to record so it's if you watch them kind of back to back it's easy to notice both of those voices mm. is is hook and the father mr darling they're the same voice they this, are, right? right? That's yeah. a tradition from the because that's a tradition uh, from the play. Of yeah, they the play. they kept that tradition. And speaking of traditions with the play, I'll mention it here. Uh, in the play version, whoever plays Nana also plays the crocodile. And so when they were animating the crocodile, they tried to animate some mannerisms of a dog. So the crocodile kind of acts like a dog, and we kind of see that throughout. The crocodile is also a really hilarious character. Okay. Yeah. The voice of Mr. Smee is Bill Thompson and this IMDB picture is amazingly handsome and he looks nothing like what his characters oh wow yeah oh nice if you if if you had a lineup of people and you were like which one's Mr. Smee he would never pick him yeah or the white rabbit for that matter I don't know that I would pick him for that character Um, either Bobby Driscoll is Peter Pan we talked about him being in fun and fancy free Captain Beaumont is Wendy and Hans Conreed is Captain Hook, Mr. Darling. Yes, and uh, Bobby Driscoll is also the first boy to play Peter Pan's voice, yes. so that it was something. Oh as well. yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. So uh, as we see Smee and we we see Hook, and he's smoking two cigars, which we're curious if that exists uh, to have <laughs> two cigars on one kind of smoking thing there, and they look at a map at where Pan's hideout could be. And Ryan, you saw something at Cannibal Cove. There's a really, like, unfortunate uh, 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 African uh, depiction there, which leads me to another point. When I was watching some of the – I watched a a video we'll put up that was, like, the Peter Pan that could have been, and it's all the deleted scenes. They showed a a sequence they had drawn for the original pirate song um, that they replaced, and one of the pirates – and it, this this bothered me because it was like a 1998 feature, and they just showed it, and one of the pirates was so offensive. And I was the first time I saw him, it was kind of in the background. I was like, oh, they must not have seen that. And they just keep showing him and showing him and showing him. And it's just a drawing. It's not an anim- full animation. Yeah. But we'll mm-hmm. put it up, and I'm just like – it just shows that, like, even in 1998, they were like, oh, this is it's fine. That's how the way it was. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. And, and so uh... – we're getting to know Hook pretty well here and how he has a very short temper. And what happens is there's a pirate singing with kind of like an accordion up high. 
And yes. And uh, <laughs> Hook shoots him because he's breaking his concentration and he falls into the wa- water. And Smee goes, shooting a man in the middle of his credenza is just not right. Uh, and so you're kind of, you immediately get the dynamic between Hook and Smee when you see them. And then this is when we also introduce the croc and the clock. So we find out Mm -hmm. how Hook has lost his hand, uh, that it was from Peter, and we find out that the croc swallowed a clock so he knows when he's around. And when they hear the ticking, Hook is absolutely terrified. And I love this whole bit in this animation where he is shaking and he's hiding (laughs) under a blanket and he is so nervous about the crocodile getting him. It's so over the top. Now, Frank Thomas was the animator in charge of uh, Captain Hook, and he talked a lot about how he had kind of two directions. Somebody said he should be, Captain Hook should be a, like a fop, kind of fancy and, and prissy. And the other mm-hmm. person was like, he should be menacing. And he was like, I think that really helped me create the character because it was kind of in between those two where he'd be very menacing, but then the, the croc would scare him so much. Or mm-hmm. you'd see those scenes where he's about to get Cap, uh, get Peter Pan with the hook and it'd be like, real bassy notes in the music and the lighting is and it, he looks and his menacing. eyes the way they animated his eyes a lot of the times too he's definitely one of the more humorous villains yes but they do a good job of still making him menacing yes in my opinion uh and so as he's shaking smee tries to relax him with a shave he's like you need a good shave and he puts a hot towel on his face and then a bird lands on the hot towel and so Smee winds up shaving the bird's butt. And then when the bird realizes it, it flies away. And then Smee thinks he's cut off Hook's head. Like, he thinks his head is gone. It sounds so silly when you read it back, but I think it works. It worked so well because then he, totally goes, he goes looking for Hook's head. And Hook, at this point, fell and, like, his head is under the chair. So it does look like it's just his head on the ground. And so Smee's like, oh, I found it. And it's actually attached to the rest of Hook's body. And so it's a whole... Um, comedy bit that again is funnier to watch I think than to mm-hmm. describe but it's really good uh, and then they spot pan in the sky and you start hearing all the pirates say all hands on deck and they start shooting cannonballs at Peter Pan Wendy and John and Michael and so Peter Pan instructs Tinkerbell to take Wendy and the boys to the island to the hideout and Tink is flying too fast on purpose and Wendy's like begging her to slow down and Tink goes in to the hideout and wakes up all the Lost Boys. And that's where you meet them all for the Please. first time. And Ryan is not a huge fan. I remember loving the Lost Boys. And I like the idea of, like, I mean, because nowadays they're essentially wearing, like, onesies. Like, like yeah. those are the yeah. first. Yeah. Like, nowadays everyone wears those onesies. But now the. The, 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 the animal print yeah. kind of onesies. But they are onesies. annoying. I, You know, I think back to when we talked about how Thumper was so interesting because he was actually a young boy doing that voice. I don't think that was a young boy doing the voice of like the the fat bear one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it sounded like an adult trying to do it and it made it grating to me and not endearing. Genuine, yeah. And they were just like as bad as Peter was, like they were just over the top versions of Peter. Like Peter was restrained compared to, they're just like screaming and fighting and always being like Argh! like I, Which like, I guess there's one thing to be said. I mean their leader is Peter, so they're not getting the most Yeah. Yes. Like, the role model that they have is him. So, in one way, I mean, I agree, they were kind of obnoxious. But, you know, so we meet them all, and uh, Tink basically describes Wendy as a bird and says that there's a terrible Wendy bird and that they need to shoot her down. 
And so it was Peter's orders is what Tink says. So they all go out and they hit her and Tink is very excited. Her face when they shoot Wendy down is almost a little too much. Like she's very excited that Wendy has potentially died. And Wrong, I love her. <laughs> and Peter, sa- <laughs> Peter saves her and Tink is so sassy here. And then Peter says that she's banished forever. And Wendy comes in and says, oh, no, that's too harsh. And then Peter's like, well, you're banished well, for a week. week. Yeah. <laughs> I love how those are the two. It's like, forever a week. Versions yeah. of time. It's like forever, like I don't know, a week. Yeah. So then she flies away. And then this is where John, uh, they all talk about what they want to see on the island. Wendy wants to go see the mermaids. John wants to see... Do you want me to no, say what he says or no? No, he uses uh, uh, two uh, different terms. Inappro- well, he says uh, an appropriate term for Aboriginal, um, which I learned the hard way in Australia is not an. I growing up watching the term like, Aboriginal. It, no, the other the the shortened version of it. Oh yes. Um, I I learned like if you say Aboriginal, it's like saying Indigenous. Got it. But making it into like so I was said that a couple times Australian like mate you can't say that like not cool. Yeah. Um, and then Michael says the uh, shortened word for Indian, which Indian itself is not even, I don't know. This whole thing is going to be so hard to navigate. Yeah. So, yeah. So Michael says that. And so then they do the song following the leader. So we follow them first. And the song is okay until they then specifically talk about Native Americans and they use a different term yes, for them. Again. And so that's in the chorus. The word Native American is never, is used, never used in this movie. In so movie. when yes, we say Native American. So we're trying to just yeah. be respectful <laughs> and not repeat all of the terms. Now, I actually like this sequence other than that one spot. Me I too. It was very I, cute. I do too. Yeah. I very. We, yeah. I don't know. It's just very like kid-like and you're just like, oh, it's kind of, a, it, that's the, that's the interesting thing about Peter Pan because like even through all the, different language that they use and obviously cringing as as adults all these like magical and whimsical scenes in between and you really kind of get sucked into it even if it is yeah have these like problematic kind of themes it's like oh this is this is really cool and like i like they're, they're being very childlike they're being very yeah because, like, yeah that's this whole movie is like what if your play sessions became real now, yeah it's we're such taking, a playful environment yeah now we're taking a slice from when this stuff was more commonplace and it's unfortunate that they have decided that like 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 pirates and stuff like oh we're pirates oh let's also f- like what's a monster we could go hunt or fight or play with or, or even be at some point, and it's it's somebody's actual culture and lifestyle, mm-hmm. but we hadn't really gotten to that point yet. And so, yeah. like, that sucks because that's the slice of life. But there is, you know, th- and there's things that, like, when I was in third grade, I believe we threw a hobo birthday party. Yes. Where everybody dressed as a hobo, and we had, like, r- like rubber cigars and, like, dirt dessert. Which is kind of cute. So you realize I basically had a homeless person birthday party, which is not mm. <laughs> not, not good. Great. Yeah. But like <laughs> the playfulness of it sounds good, but there is a context there. And I think that's what people saw. And this scene in general looks like I think this is one this and uh, you can fly taken out and looked at are beautiful. Like, and the- don't grow up. Be young. Be have these you know yeah and the focus the way that we view them from above so you see them going through like the grass the tall grass and you see just their heads and 
John has his umbrella, which I love. It helps him in a couple different ways when he's protecting everyone. And he's like, you know, he's taking his role very seriously as like the leader mm-hmm. of the, of all of the Lost Boys. And so... Um, and I like the bit with the bear with Michael. Yes. Yeah. Michael has a stuffed bear and then a real bear sees the stuffed bear. And he's about to attack them. It looks like swipe at him. He sees the bear and he's kind of like, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I, the whole thing's very cute. Yeah. And so Until... then, yes. So then uh, they see footprints, normal footprints, just footprints in, in the ground. And this is when they start saying that they're savage. Well, he says, oh, it's the Blackfoot tribe. Of, they're savage, you know. Yeah. I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah so then that know. that is said. And then Michael tries to warn them because as they're inspecting the footprints, Michael is starting to see, like, he finds a tomahawk and he finds a feather. Well, the tomahawk goes flying Well, yes, I guess, yeah, he goes over his head. He doesn't really find it as much as it almost hits him. But he's kind of oblivious to it. But he, he's starting to pick up that they're around. And uh, that's when Michael's trying to warn them. And then all of a sudden, they're in the trees. They're, like, hiding in the trees. And they get all mm. the Lost Boys. And then we go to that they are all tied up around a totem pole is kind of the next shot. Now, there's something I want to jump in with here that I think you could turn this. Like, the idea that that John doesn't – like, I like the idea if they remade this. And I think they are. And we talked about, I think – A live-action one, Jude yeah. Jude Law is going to be Captain mm-hmm. Hook. Which I like Jude Law. I think he's a very good actor. I don't think he does over the top. It'll be interesting to see what he It'll does. It'll be interesting it, but, to see. But I like the idea of yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea that John maybe is the studied one, and he goes into this, and like in the new one, he learns. Like, there's no learning. Like he's wrong. Like the the joke here is he's wrong. It's like oh, they're unintelligent, blah blah blah, and then they capture them. Because, yeah. you know, it's, you know. Yeah, because that's the, yeah. That's and I yeah, like the idea I like of him idea thinking of, they're one way and then them being a different way. Or, like, the idea of, like, yeah. in the beginning when they're reading stories, John is reading stories about different yeah. tribes or something. Different so, tribes. And yeah. Like, so yeah. And, he, can, and that's he can have that knowledge. Yeah. Is, like, yeah, maybe maybe we need, they need to be studied more. Because I like the idea of him being, like, a, a, a almost an, I don't want to say. Anthropologist. Yeah, yeah, that's a better term for it. Yeah. Um. So, we see them all. Uh, the Native Americans are in a circle around them playing drums. Cool. And uh, this is when the chief says how for the first time. And the chief comes out. And basically... We, sorry, I was going to say we watched that video and the, the woman said, I think Caucasian people... No, she, she made a comment that made it sound like in, indigenous people don't say this. Like yes. Caucasian people say <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. And so basically we find out from the lost boys that usually it's a game usually whoever captures who they let them go so usually it's more of playful like they're not super serious they're not going to hurt each other yeah and then this is where you find out from the chief that tiger lily is gone and it's in broken english i guess for lack of a better i don't know how else to describe Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. how he talks uh and so basically he says it you know if she is not returned by i think it's sundown Mm -hmm. uh then they will be hurt like they're not messing around because tiger lily's gone and then it quick cuts to the mermaid cove so now we're at the mermaid cove oh finally we can get to something that's that's nice and oh wait no never mind (laughs) and you see these mermaids and you know they're stereotypical mermaids and then as soon as peter flies down they are fawning they are head over heels for peter pan and they're mean girls, essentially. As soon as they see Wendy, they get extremely jealous. They start, like, pulling at her dress and splashing water on her. And then the minute Wendy gets angry, 
and shows that she's not okay with what they're doing to like hold up a shell to be like, if you do this again, then Peter Pan is laughing and is like, oh, they were just playing. Yeah, he's like, whoa, 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 take it easy. Yeah. It's like, and then yeah. the mermaid goes, He well, gaslights we were- her. Yeah, and the mermaid, yeah. the mermaid goes, <laughs> we were only trying to drown her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, that scene's not great either. I, and I just, we'll, we'll get to this at the end, but to, we'll get to where we talk about the female agency, but I'm interested to hear the, the two of you. <laughs> like, I think your, your, your views are pretty apparent. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear I, with I, how we're talking about Yeah, now, I think but... some of you may be able to hear Tara's eyes roll oh, every gosh, time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, and also because, Janelica, you mentioned this, like your daughter was so excited for this part because she loves mermaids and it's so hard that these mermaids are so mean, right? Like, she's excited oh, to see yeah. this character, but then they're all, like, really catty. To compare them to Dumbo, they're in that same vein as the catty elephants. Like, they're just, they're mean. Like, Well, that's and what's the hard with this, yeah, within this scene and obviously the scene before, because not only are you watching whimsical things and things are being playful and fantasy, however, the depiction of them, the depiction of the indigenous people and how they've made them you'll you'll you see it you see how they have bigger noses and they're red yeah, and their skin is Ooh. actually and red yeah. red the color and red the, yeah they look the sunburnt. color red they don't look like the, native americans and then the mermaids are very like beautiful and they're almost say white yeah and they're all they're, white i don't think there's they're any, all white yeah 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 they're all white and they um and then they have these the the language with it, and you're just like, this is just I can't. Because then at point you're like, okay, this is harmless, but what is re- what are we really pulling? What is my daughter really pulling? Are really thinking about this? Even though I know I think as a child, like even when we look back, they're like, oh yeah, I didn't even remember this, or like to that this video we watched. This is the part that stayed with me. Yeah. Well. Yeah, this isn't the part that stayed with me, but does it? And yeah. Then, well, okay. So we talked in an earlier episode, I don't remember which one it is, but like some of the ones that I watched growing up and I remember very distinctly were like the Pecos Bill cartoon and uh, Three Caballeros, which I've been meaning to ask you, I've, I, I've found that I really like Latino up my my pronunciation of that. Like since we started, since I'm like, <laughs> like if you asked me before that, I'm like, Caballeros, and then like I'm on a podcast, I'm like, Caballeros. Um, anyway. Uh, but like, I think there was a lot of stuff in there that were like, women are always trouble, and like, especially in Pecos Bill, was like women ruin things, and like, ah, oh, shucks, girls. And I think some of that was like, while I don't think I've grown into that type of person, there was a lot where that was like humor to me. Like that was always a joke. It's like, oh, women. Like I'd make the joke too, and that's not good. Yeah, and that's something that kind of stuck with me, and that's the same thing here. Like it'll it, it matters yeah it matters like that girls am you. i right like yeah. i feel like i forget yeah. which one that was yeah in. this is like like girls right, right? Mm, yeah. women and now i do it as like a joke of that but yeah and peter pan is very much that yes uh in this He's, as well as some of the other characters and well every woman in this movie is created and exists to benefit peter yes. like to fawn yes. over him 
to exactly. like be to in love with him. To boost his ego. To make yeah. him feel yeah. better. Even at the end of the day, like Tiger Lily starts off like she's. Tiger obviously... Lily doesn't speak, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. She yeah, that's no another. Oh the God. only the only that's thing she thing. almost says is help, but then help. the water gets in her mouth. So, so, so she doesn't actually about, have a word. Yeah. So they're talking about the damsel in distress trope followed by the like, oh, now I'm going to try and kiss peter during the yeah and so yeah so we'll go back a little bit to talk about the whole mrs darling is next mrs darling is the only woman and then that's the other role you can have this movies and that's mother yeah we found and that's the mother yeah Yeah. or nana i guess you could focus on nana but she's also a dog not a that's so funny i thought well nana Nana can go real deep i'll talk about (laughs) something that i read about nana it's just interesting to me but it might be going a little bit too deep but i don't know no go for it okay well so if (laughs) you really want to go there you just okay. feel like you're like loading up like all yeah. right here we I know, go I'm ready. here we go um so nana is interesting to me so they make her the what is it she's the nurse she's mm-hmm. the um nursemaid right yeah mm-hmm. well then uh, you think back to okay so we're going back and this is in the 1900s i guess ni- early 1900s you don't really know exactly i don't know if they ever specify the exact year i can't even remember if in the actual play what jm barry like he makes a certain I can't remember the exact year that he I makes it. I think the it. play's in like the first decade of the night of the 1900s, like it's 1908 or something. We said at the beginning of this. Go back okay. and listen to the beginning of this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to it. And so with nursemaids though back in London, they were probably a woman of color, mostly probably black. Oh. And oh. so the actual nursemaid is a dog. Oh, oh no. I never put that together. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So I was interested in that, but that's not to say that, they, I mean, nursemaids were also obviously uh, poor servants and obviously of the time, but most likely it probably was a black woman. Yeah. I never, aye, aye. you know, I'm happy you brought that to our attention because I thought of it more, we have a pit bull and her, like when you read history of pit bulls, they were nanny dogs. Like they, they not, were not like she doesn't serve us tonic or anything like Nana did, but I know, like they're she's a real, yeah, real, real disappointment. Let down. <laughs> uh, but but they were very protective. So I think I just viewed it from that point of view, like thinking about a dog that was protective and like that mentality of caring for their pups. But I didn't think about like what that role would yeah, be as a person. I also think there's something to be said there about the disposability of that role. Yes, and that, yeah. that view of like, oh, it could be a dog could be doing this. Like, yeah, like, no, you idiot. They're taking care of your kids. Yeah, I no, mean, but to but to be back in the context of the Jay and Barry, where he got his his actual, I don't know, that it was actually a dog who he met. It was the it was the family dog of the boy he based off Peter Pan, right? Mm-hmm. The Davies children. Mm-hmm. It was actually their dog, and the dog was supposed to be the inspiration for Nana. But then, then I don't know, Nana really wasn't a, so much of a of a maid, a nursemaid. Yeah, I guess well, in the play. Oh, in the so, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in Disney's caption, I'm like, why did they make? Her? Well, they. Well, in they the did play it in the Mary version, Martin version. In the Mary Martin. Oh, the Mary version. Martin version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in the Mary Martin version, Nana does t- take care of them, but then there's also another housemaid character. Got it. Who's? It's okay. a very weird storyline. Like she shows up in Neverland, and no one ever addresses. No it. one ever addresses it, and then <laughs> so yeah, it's weird. a weird bit. But yeah, um, but they have her in addition to Nana in the play. I do want. You were talking about the inspiration for this. I do want to throw this out there really quick. I was looking for a good spot to do this. Uh, J. M. Barry may have based the character of Peter Pan on his older brother David, 
who died in an ice skating accident the day before his 14th birthday. His mother yes. and brother thought of him as forever a boy. Oh, my gosh. What a the, whole, the whole story of Jay and Barry, it, the whole Peter Pan, like, inception of the whole story and the character is really dark. It was that. And then, obviously, he obviously took care of the, the Davy boys because, obviously, those that was the inspiration yes. for the whole play and the story. And then those boys ended up having very tragic deaths later oh, i don't gosh. know if you read about that because no. he essentially after the mother passed at some point he changed the mother's will to actually take care of those boys like now granted they were like a very close they 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 vacationed together they were a really close family but he and when when she finally passed he decided to that he was going to be their caregiver Anyway, long story short, some of the boys committed suicide, oh and they goodness. or they died tragically, whether in war, and some other kind of really well, yeah, bad circumstances. This was right before World War One. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. Boy, do we want to get to Skull Rock? Because I feel like sure, that's a yes. fun go moment. Back. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no, 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 no. Don't feel great. bad about that. No, it's just this like... is great. But yeah, we'll we'll pick it back up to then take yeah, it back down because, because yes, there's because, more here. Yeah. But so as we. Uh, as we're at Mermaid Cove, they look out, and that's where we see Smee and Hook looking like George Washington on that boat as yes. they're going to Skull Rock. And that's when Peter realizes they have Tiger Lily. So and they've um, tied her to a. Well, well sorry, so before then, when the when the crocodile's following them, which I'm sorry I missed it, but did you say that the I crocodile did. about the dog? Yeah, mm-hmm. this is when he looks down the barrel of the camera and's like, "I'm still in this movie." Yeah, and then he's <laughs> like, as the clock ticks his eyes go with so the good. with the rhythm and so basically they've kidnapped tiger lily because they want her to reveal where pan's hideout is and uh he says high tide is coming in soon and here's a quote that i love captain hook but he has a couple unfortunate quotes no path through water to happy hunting ground Oy. so uh that's his phrase to tiger lily and so as that's happening and they're trying to get uh this information out of her Pan shows up and becomes an evil spirit. And he, he says talks he's into a his man, hat. Manit- Manitoa, which that bothered me because a Manitoa is like a Native American spirit or oh. or something. He goes, Manitoa, oh. spirit of this. And I was like, I just, the only reason I know that. Spirit of the water or spirit of the yes. sea is what Hook, I think, yes. repeats. But I didn't hear the first. The only reason I know that is there is a DC superhero who's manitoba anyway continue yeah (laughs) so he talks into his hat so he gets this big booming echo with his voice and in the the cave and then uh as hook is starting to investigate where the voice is coming from pan flies over and talks like captain hook and i do like this bit that he impersonates captain hook and tells me release tiger lily he does the the chief later and I yes. just love that this is one of his powers. Is <laughs> like, that, yeah, he can perfect, impersonate perfect them. Mimic. Perfect impersonation. Yeah. So uh, Smee starts releasing Tiger Lily, and then Hook comes back. And again, this is something you more have to watch mm-hmm. than describe it. And Hook's like, what are you doing? It's like that whole back and forth bit of like, uh, I didn't tell you to do this. Yes, you did, kind of a thing. Everybody's confused. And then Hook finds Pan impersonating him. Yes. And then the fight ensues between the two of them. They start sword fighting and Pan gives Smee the gun. He's like, here, take the gun and try this. And then Pan starts flying all around and Smee tries to shoot Pan, but instead he hits Hook. So one of the things I wanted to jump in here 
with is talking about the flying animation mm-hmm. because there's a lot of talk about in the documentary side they go oh yeah one of the hardest things to do is is not flying but people like floating like what do they do with their legs like what do they yeah. look like when they're moving and mm-hmm. i thought this this was a high point in this movie was just all the ways he's moving around he always looks like he's swimming like he's kind of in or the he's water skipping he, like skipping over rocks and or things ice like skating. that like he does a specific mm-hmm. move where he looks his legs are out and he looks like he's kind of like going in a circle around people yeah and it's very kinetic while still being interesting and seem kind of real like when wendy tries to fly she's always looks like she's a little more weighted like because she's not very good at it like yeah and nervous and probably nervous like pan pan has no fear like he just goes for it and i like the bit where they're fighting on the cliff and then they're fighting in midair for a second for a second like him and hook yeah like wiley coyote and so uh this fighting goes back and forth and then hook is hanging on the cliff by his hook and the croc is right underneath him. And this whole back and forth between him and the crocodile is great because at first the crocodile chomps and gets part of his pants. So he it's rips a little part terrifying. of his pants. I get, yeah, I find it more humorous, but yeah, I guess it, it is kind it of is terrifying. It is humorous, but I don't know, because the music's very like, bap, bap, bap. Like the music's kind of intense. Like yeah. it's like, oh God. Like the second time he does it later in the movie, it was a little more humorous for me. I don't know, this one, I'm also watching this one looking for stuff, but it was a little Yeah, cool. fair enough. Um, and so it's this whole back and forth with the croc. He's like in his mouth and then he's out of his mouth and his clothes are torn to shreds. He's Mm -hmm. got very little clothing left after he's battled with the crocodile and trying to get out. Um, and it's basically does Smee save him at that point. They end up just running like, yeah, yeah. And running away from the croc. And then that's when we almost hear Tiger Lily speak, but we don't because high tide comes up and fills her mouth with water. Because, the, the tide and the patriarchy silence her. Yes. <laughs> so, Silences her. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Silence you. Yes, you are not allowed to talk. So uh, he saved Pan, saves her at the last minute, and then we go back to the pirate ship. So now the croc is circling, and we see Hook is sick. He's got a hot water bottle on his head. This whole bit is great too. Yes. His feet are in a bucket of water, and he's sneezing, and uh, Smee is hammering a sign that says like do not disturb but hook has a headache and so the hammering is making it worse and he says to the pirates you know he should captain should not be disturbed he's got a splitting headache and hook opens the door and smee continues to hammer and winds up hammering hook's head so they've got great hammers or things hitting head foley effects like later when when hook hits smee with the hook and it sounds like a chime it's great yes yeah uh, so then, um, as Smee is like tending to hook now that he's kind of seeing, he's not seeing stars. I don't know what is circling around his head after the hammer hits him, but there's animation I there. I remember. Yeah, there's it, animation. I can't remember. Little Peter Pan's. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but, uh, Smee says, I've heard there's woman trouble on the island. So he's heard from the first mate who heard from the cook who heard from someone else, basically that pan banished Tinkerbell. And so hook now cleverly comes up with a plan. And this is the line that mm. I, captain hook is one of my favorite villains. And this one really got me to like him a little bit less jealous. A jealous female can be tricked into anything. And when Tara says it made her like him less, like she audibly went, okay, hook. Like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, all right. Like, like Janella could kind of miss it. She's like, wait, what do you say? Cause Tara was like, yeah, okay. I was too loud over the line. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so basically he gets dressed up for her. And I do like this whole bit. Uh, Smee comes out and he's like, here's your Sunday set of hooks. And they're all gold. And Well, and one of mm-hmm. them's like a crab cracker. And yes, one of them's yeah. like a corkscrew. <laughs> they're all different. And he puts a ruby ring onto the hook and yes. like wears his best jacket to basically uh, seduce, I guess, for lack of a better word, Tinkerbell uh, into this plan. Seduce isn't the right word, but... I don't think persuade. He has a, yes, I yeah. don't think he has a. He doesn't have a romantic interest. Yes, interest, no, but he's yeah, definitely no portraying a like a, a, an air of more like, civilized. He looks. He wants to look more civilized. He wants to look yeah. more innocent. Like yes, yes. Yeah. I like this character because of the air of 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 civility or or high society mm-hmm. that is just this. Mm-hmm. It's it's right under the surface is just this. And he's buffoon. a madman. Yeah, yeah, madman. Yeah. Uh, so Smee goes to pick, pick up Tink and Hook gets angry because Smee has misinterpreted him again. And so when he rose off, he rose right off the ship deck and like breaks and goes into the water, which I thought was kind of fun. And now we're back to the Native Americans because they've rescued, uh, Tiger Lily. Okay. We're going to talk about the title of this song once. Yes. (laughs) It's entitled. Why is the red man red? Yes. And it is also the song that has been stuck in my head since we heard it. It's a catchy song, unfortunately. Well, that's like my the question. rhythm of it. But is. the rhythm, it's that bum, 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 it's bum, a... bum, 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 bum. Is that racist? Is that rhythm racist? So. Because we watched the Mary Martin one last <laughs> night, which was them dancing. It had a cool dance number, but then all the words were like gibberish fake so there's in the music therapy community there's a debate that's actually currently going on right now as to whether you call it a drum circle because a lot of times drum circles have very spiritual and cultural Mm. and sometimes religious connotations to it so there Mm -hmm. are people out there who are like it really should just be therapeutic drumming group drumming like you can use a million different terms like Mm -hmm. why specifically use drum circle when a drum circle means something very specific so that would be the same with the rhythms and now i don't i am not an expert on those different rhythms but that bump 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 rhythm the bump 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 and that accent on that first Mm -hmm. beat if i do that rhythm uh, i do that rhythm not quite that but to kalijah because that rhythm is in the song it's a hank williams song about a wooden indian he tells this fictional story about a wooden indian in an antique store Mm -hmm. so i will get my clients to drum along with it my clients will call it a rain dance rhythm so again that's an example of it was used in common culture yeah yeah inappropriately and misinterpret it and so that has stayed around right i don't think necessarily using the rhythm is bad but if you don't educate on why the rhythm is used or what's behind the rhythm Mm -hmm. right um that's where you kind of get into it. And, you know, I don't want to call myself an expert on this because I'm learning along with the rest of the world and especially the music therapy community as we navigate some of these things that, um, but it's good to be aware of. So that rhythm, I don't think on its own, but I think it's how it's used and its context. I'm also Mm -hmm. curious if that's something that was legit a rhythm used in, a ceremony, a song. I would say, or if it was some white person went, "Ooh, this sounds good." I would it, say I think it's probably connected, but I I don't have that education, and so I don't want to misquote myself. Yeah, okay. Uh, listeners, if there's any other, I know Amanda, who's another music therapist, who was on our Alice in Wonderland podcast. She's a music therapist as well, so please feel free to email us, shoot us a text, reach out to us. Like if anyone 
does know the origins of some of these rhythms. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also happy to do some additional research. It's good for me to educate myself. We I just, never get any emails. We're always happy I know. to be schooled <laughs> and told how wrong we exactly. are. Exactly. Send us an email. Uh, but yeah, I'll do some research as well. So when this episode comes out, we can post some things about it. Um, because I think it's a larger topic than just yes or no, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so we're back to this and this song. <laughs> That's how I feel like. Yeah, yeah well, we're back to this. <laughs> so, and they make Pan, they make Pan a chief. He becomes Flying Eagle is his name. All the boys ask questions that are inappropriate about... I don't even want to go into they, it. They, yeah, and then they, they smoke, sing about they him. They smoke and, a peace pipe. They, they say the song name throughout and they talk about um, different phrases they use from how and Ugg and things like oh, that. And so, Ugh. like, when did they first Ugh say how right. and ugh and these different phrases and they tell these stories? Uh, but the woman, there's one woman who bosses Wendy around and says that Wendy's not allowed to dance. Yes. She has to go get fired. They want to they wanna double up. They're like, racism isn't enough. Let's do some There's sexism some in here as well. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. The, so, she's the chief's wife, I think, is what she I is. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Only... Maybe, but only because she's drawn in a similar way and has a very deep voice. Well, like I the, think the... when they have her character name, you see, like, Chief's wife is, like, in the cast, is what I'm saying. I'm, that's, that's I would I'm be at. shocked that, that, that she would have a character name. Yeah, well, that's the only line she says. That's it. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. is go get, and well, and again, she says it differently than how I've just said it. But she yeah, says, squaw. Get them firewood. Get them firewood. Yeah, Oof. something like that. That hurt. <laughs> so then Tiger Lily is dancing up on a drum, and Peter is kind of taken with her, and then she kisses Pan, and uh, they both blush after kissing, and then that's also in the story of the song as to part of why. Yeah. It's why the name of the they song. Turn that, yeah, yeah, why yes. they turn that color. So that's a whole other thing. And so Wendy sees that, she gets upset, and then also she goes to, I think, try to say something, and then the chief's wife comes in again and is like, no, you need to get firewood. And she's like, no. She's like, I've been bossed around enough. I'm going home. So good for Wendy. She's she's done. She's out of there. Uh, so now you have Smee and Miss Bell. So I love that they call her Miss Bell, again, being so proper. Well, Tinkerbell, yeah, her. she's watching from afar. Yeah, and so Smee captures her with his hat, and then they refer to her as Miss Bell on the ship. And Hook is serenading her on the harpsichord, which I absolutely love. He's playing, yes. playing with his hook, <laughs> uh, hook. and doing, yeah, doing such a great job. Yeah, I made, I made the comment. He's pretty good for only yeah. having six. Fingers. Well, and at one point they zoom in on when he hits that low note with just the hook. And he does a little like back and forth, but he like, like yeah, really good. All of us, all of us. At one time, piano players got a good kick out yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. And so Tink starts crying as he's describing, like I've I've heard about what's happening with Wendy. And Smee hits the bottle at this point. Smee's got the for bottle. no reason. He just starts going he just starts nuts drinking, on a bottle of rum. And he's hiccuping <laughs> and he hides the bottle in the harpsichord. It's almost like he's drinking but doesn't want Hook to know he's drinking. I don't know. Like there's a lot there, but like he starts crying along with Tinkerbell because now he's a little bit drunk and he's like feeling for her and hook basically says we'll take wendy to sea with us you know we don't know where pan lives though and he's very you know acting as if he's naive as to what he's doing but he's really not he's Mm -hmm. in control of the whole conversation and is like i don't we don't know where pan lives and tink chimes in oh i can show you and she does ink she puts her feet in ink and puts footsteps on the map to show him that they're at what is the tree called 
Hangman's uh, tree. Hangman's tree. Also not also a great, not a great. that would be a lynching <laughs> yeah. implication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, where they're... <laughs> where they're at on the map and she says whatever you do don't harm peter and he promises i won't lay a finger or a hook on peter which comes into play a little bit later so now all the boys come back and the rhythm and the it's kind of a reprise that's of the, the song that's the thing is i was saying well maybe they could just cut this song out and it'd still be okay no the boys come back they're all still using like they're painted. chopped english yeah, to refer they, to native mm-hmm. americans Peter Pan goes in. Now, this isn't an appropriate joke, but I actually found it funny when he's going around saying, like... Because Big Chief greets... Greets... I the, forget what he calls the Lost the Boys. The tribe. Yeah. How? And, and then, then he goes, Big Chief greets... Little Mother. Little Mother. How? And she goes, ugh. Like, that actually legitimately made me laugh. And I think that's part of the thing here is is... These are all actions that I think these boys would take, but there's no repercussions for them. They never discuss why it's bad. Yeah. And I, I like the idea of them, at, like, if they when they redo this, them acting like dumb boys, but then, like, Wendy teaching them, like, a little bit better, how, like, this is wrong, and you should feel bad for doing yeah. this, and whatever. And mm-hmm. you see Wendy in this moment, she's kind of ready to grow up. She's like, I'm kind of over this. Yes. Like, I'm kind of done with this. And she's also jealous, too. There is the jealousy component of mm-hmm. Tiger Lily with him. And she starts saying, we're going home in the morning, and starts packing up. And uh, Pan uses another term about how, what, do you want to grow up like instead of Native Americans? He says something different. Oh, does he? Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, That's they, interesting. Like, is that what happens to you in Neverland? If you grow up, you become a Native American become, or a pirate? Yeah. <laughs> uh grow up well he says it i'll just say it uh grow up like savages so i don't know oh. that it's not oh yeah grow he up to become it. one of them yeah, you're okay. just that oh okay do you yeah, see yeah, what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh wendy then says we all need a mother and she starts to tell the boys what a mother is and they're like well aren't you our mother and she's like no no like this there's more to it than that and start singing this song about mothers and about how they care for you and things like that. And it's a very tender moment with Wendy and the boys. And then you see the pirates are all sneaking up around the tree of the hideout. And as they're hearing Wendy sing, they start to cry. And Smee pulls up his shirt and has a mother tattoo on his chest. <laughs> is crying. No nipples, but a mother tattoo. A mother tattoo. <laughs> And all the Lost Boys, as Wendy's singing, now want to come home, too. They all want to go back with her. And so Peter stomps away. He has a little bit of a fit of this, and he plays his fife. His fife we haven't mentioned, but he plays that kind of pan flute flute throughout. (laughs) I just don't think we've mentioned it. Um, He's very good at it, too. Yes. And so he's playing that. He's on a hammock, and he's just like, oh, they'll be back. Like, whatever. They're not going to really go. And so as they're all climbing up out of the tree, the pirates have kidnapped everyone. And then Hook slowly drops a present that we find out later is a bomb. Um, and Smee's the one who says, wouldn't it be more humane to just throat. slit his throat? <laughs> and he goes, well, I promised I would never lay a finger or a hook. And I always keep my promise. So that's why a bomb gets dropped into there and we should mention in the play it's poison he poisons pan's medicine pan takes medicine and so he poisons it uh so that's kind of the difference in between the two and it's hook himself who sneaks down into the hideout to poison it so yeah we go back to the pirate ship and everybody wants to sign up without delay and i like that they get a free tattoo yes if they sign up only if they sign up today yes (laughs) yes. uh-huh otherwise they have to walk the bank yeah this is a great song 
And all the boys immediately want to join. They're enticed by the romanticism that they're describing as being a pirate. And Wendy stops them to say, Peter will save us. And then that's when Wendy and the boys find out that we as the viewer already know Mm -hmm. that there's a bomb. And so um, Peter reads the label. It says not to open till six because Hook is timing it, I guess. So it can be a big... Yes. It's also odd that there's like a concept of time in, in yes. like I know, a, all of a sudden a he has a clock. clock. Yeah, all of yeah. a sudden, yeah, we see a clock in Pan's house and then the clock I guess makes sense for Hook because he's always haunted by the clock, I guess. Yeah. The, the crock. I guess it's a good point. Clocks we are are established that clocks exist in this universe. Yeah. So Tink has been trapped in kind of a lantern while all this is happening. And so she hears what's going on and she breaks free and she flies to save him. And she tries to let him know, like, don't open the present. And then as the bomb goes off, she flies it out. So this is. Oh, I was going to say, this is the part in the play where they do clap, where she drinks the poison instead of him. Yes. And they do clap if you believe in fairies. Mm -hmm. And it was something apparently that went back and forth with Disney. and, And Walt Disney ultimately decided that they couldn't get the audience to clap like you would in a live theater mm. so they ended up not doing like clap to save tinkerbell yeah so instead pan is searching for her through the rubble and then that's when he also kind of lets her know like you mean the most to me like he he says something to those lines of like i've always cared for you the most or something like that this is how i'd like to see it happen in the in the play and in, in the new uh, the new movie is like the part earlier is when when wendy decides to come home is when she realizes oh he's not into me this is all he's only into himself i'm out and then it becomes about like less about any sort of romantic thing between him and wendy and more of maybe romance or, 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 you know, like that's the, then that's when he decides I love, you know, Tink is for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, or Tink's the one who's always looking out for Yeah. Him. Like yeah. we kind of like rephrase it a little bit that way instead of it being like, Tink, I like you. And then he immediately is like, we got like Wendy. Hello again, Wendy. Yeah. I don't know. So we go back to the this ship. Whole thing is flawed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We go back to the ship and Hook uh, says, I think something like there goes a worthy adversary. And then Smee says, amen. And they take their hats <laughs> off and they're, you know, um, kind of doing that. And then talking about how, are you sure you don't want to sign up? And Wendy is the first to walk the plank. So she walks the plank and she falls and they're waiting to hear the splash. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, Captain, no splash. And so they all become very superstitious of the ship is the jinxed. ship is bewitched and they and then the hook gets so angry and he's like you want a splash and he throws somebody else overboard. Mr. Starkey who yes. was actually a pirate from the play. Yeah. And so then it's a whole nother sequence of Pan fighting Hook. We find out that Pan is the one who saved Wendy and uh, they fight the Lost Boys and they go back and forth. And there's a lot of kind of funny bits here, like when Michael puts the cannonball in his bear and then like knocks that's, one of the that's pirates his weapon. out. Yeah. Uh, and Hook almost falls off the plank and you've got the croc now waiting for him. And then there's a shot of Smee. Where he's finally wised up and he's packing up to leave. He's like packing up a rowboat. And I love that he's like, I'm at it. Like, I'm, I'm done. done. Like, that happens in much. Hook. Don't you remember? Like, what about, like, what about Smee? And then he starts like doing oh, that. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of weird parallels between having watched the this movie and then the, the play. play I do want to watch Hook again. Yeah. And so everyone's fighting and, you know, going back and forth. And this, the one shot I wanted to mention is when Hook is climbing up to meet Pan, how they zoom in on his face and you can feel how high up he is. Yes. I really liked the animation of that. 
piece. Very good. Um, they kind of zoom in on his face as he's climbing up, and they start fighting again, and Peter promises he won't fly. Like, it'll be a Hook fair fight. Because calls him a coward. Yeah. It's yeah. very much, I know I know you won't necessarily get this, but Back to the Future, where they call him a chicken, he's like, nobody calls me chicken. <laughs> I didn't remember that. That's what it felt like. So, yeah, so th- they make it a fair fight, and then... Pan winds up winning and says, you have to call yourself a codfish. And so he says it and he goes louder. (laughs) And the performance of the voice of Hook, who screams he's a codfish, is so good. Uh, And then, of course, Hook is not done. He tries to go after Pan one more time. And that's when I think he falls and he falls into the crowd. And then we get another kind of like Looney Tunes-esque sequence yes, with yeah. him trying to get with away him from the running croc. into the whole croc's body to his tail and, and then, then hitting comes back apparently out. the croc also has a piano in the back yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he finds the clock <laughs> the back of his yes he, yeah. he brings out the clock and then throws it back into and it goes the... into his mouth and then he skips like a skipping stone like if you were to skip rocks yes. on water that's kind but of the way they did the voice is because he's like ah, 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 ah. like he's, he's screaming but it's yeah in off. the water it's... and then and then all the pirates fall off the ship and they fall on a smee so smee's thinking he's getting away on his own and now he's got all the pirates on the rowboat so they're all rowing in the same direction yeah. as hook at that point so that's the <laughs> last we see of all of them and then it's captain pan and he's wearing uh hook's clothes and he goes we're gonna sail to london and wendy is so overjoyed that pan is going to take her home and so they do pixie dust over the entire ship proving that she doesn't need to be shaken to yes Yes, that she well she can also do (laughs) it i guess i guess she was stubborn and didn't want to get pixie dust i guess that you could argue that but yes i agree she shouldn't have been uh, but yeah, so the ship flies and they go back to the house and Nana, uh, you know, the parents come home. And so this is a difference in this one. It's one night. It's as if Wendy, mm-hmm. it was a dream. Wendy's at the window and she wakes up and her parents are there and she's telling them the stories in the play with Mary Martin. There's a comment that says they've, you know, we've been turning down their beds every night. So mm-hmm. like that it's been many days since they've been gone and the father has started to sleep in Nana's doghouse. Which in is the in room. the nursery. In the in the nursery because he's just like so upset that he like he's didn't trust Nana and didn't like all of these things. And, like, Plus didn't they believe. needed a few more minutes for him to change out of his. Uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> out of his oh, yeah. costume. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> so, um, so it's a little bit different here. This is supposed to have taken place in yes. one night. And uh, she tells all the stories and says that she's ready to grow up. And then um, her father, Mr. Darling, is like, oh, you know, you don't we don't have to worry about that tonight. You don't have to do that too soon. And, uh, you know, Nana is so happy to tuck Michael in. I love that little bit. Nana pulls the blanket over Michael and uh, the parents then see the ship in the clouds. They think that Wendy's a dream. And then Wendy says, but there's the pirate ship. Peter does such a great job. Now, not only do they see it, but Mr. Darling says, I think I've seen that ship before. When I was very young. young, Which implies that Mr. Darling was once a lost boy or he went on an adventure with Peter or... Or maybe he... I think I think that the, the I thought it was he went on an adventure to Neverland. Yes. Yeah. My, I, yeah. I what I really think it is is the idea that him remembering, you know, he, he represents adulthood and kind of the idea that you can still remember being a child and the, the wonderment and all of that. I think that's the the idea. You know, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. necessarily just whatever, it's also him being like, I remember being a child once. Because I think that's what this whole story kind of represents in a lot of ways is, you know, there's a reason, you know, it, probably for 
money reasons, but the the reason that Mr. Darling is also the enemy is also kind of like adulthood is the enemy, and also like there's probably something there with how uh, women, you know, young girls view their fathers or something. You know, there's it, it, it's a lot of this is playfulness. This is good. That last hurrah into being a child and then Before you become moving an adult. on. There's yeah. a lot of I'm sure there's so much written about this. If I'm thinking of some of it, somebody much smarter than me has probably thought about it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. But I will say this one doesn't wrap up quite as quickly. This one feels like it naturally came to an end. We've noticed yes. with a lot of Disney movies yeah. that like they get to the end and it's like, okay, that's the end. Goodbye. By the way, Pinocchio, your father is in Monstro. Oh, okay. Well, we better go do that. Yeah. Now. And the same with Alice. It's like, okay, she's back. She wakes up. That's the end. Yes. Um, this one felt like more of a natural sequence. Yeah, because they were events. trying to leave, they, and then there yes, was yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we did it. We made it we through did this it. one, guys. <laughs> so, as usual, uh, how was the princess? The princess in this case, I guess, being Peter Pan. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Uh, uh-uh, uh. That's no, your only I answer. I don't care for him. Uh, it's funny because there's some things he did that I actually liked, but I think most of it had to do with his animation. Yeah. And like how he moved and how he flew. And like, I love him fighting. I, I, I you know this because like, I like Zorro and Robin. Well, Hood yeah, and the like, fighting and it, sequences are great. I yes. Mean, yeah. Fun. But even just the way he fights is I like that fighting where it's like, oh, I'm not really trying, but I'm still so much better yes. than my opponent. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I love that. And I'm saying I don't like him, but at the same, in the same breath, I almost think he has to be this kind of character because that's how Wendy sees she has to grow up. If he was yes. very charming and enticing she'd stay in neverland forever right so there is something to be said about the reason i don't like him is also pushes the story forward right and i think you need to like but the way this movie portrays it is he's an adventurous figure and someone to look up to whereas i think there's a version of this where you realize peter's not necessarily the bad guy but he's not what you want to yes look up to yeah. And they didn't do that here. They made yeah. him like a fun boy because this was written by men who wanted to re- men who are work in a boyish field, probably men with Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah. Like looking mm-hmm. back. And I think that's why you see a lot of that. Um, how was the princess, which would be when or how was the prince? The prince is Wendy in this case. Mm-hmm. Fine. I actually liked Wendy better than I thought I would. I liked her. I don't know if I liked her better than Alice, but I, I don't know. You're giving me a look. Do you? No, I think I, I think Wendy was all right. I mean, I'm also Jan- looking through a ton of like equipment, so it makes me look <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, Janelica, what did you think about Wendy? I thought Wendy was. It's really interesting. She she plays this type of role of like this stereotypical woman in the 1900s, and she's really like she's the mother figure. Like, it's, she's already at a young age, but she's already turned into, like, a mother figure. Like, that's going to be her role. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting mm-hmm. to see because she obviously wants to take care of everyone. And then it, and then she comes infatuated with Peter Pan. And it's also kind of like, you know, like, what does that allude to? Is she, like, infatuated? I'm like, oh, I can, she wants to be there. She wants to be with Peter Pan, like, maybe forever. Has she found a, like, a quote-unquote husband? Like, what does she come into, yeah. like, thinking that way? It's really, yeah. it, it's a... It's weird to like dissect, but I guess, um, but I love that she just does come to the conclusion. She's just like, this is just not for me, which was mm-hmm. definitely amazing to see her do that. But like, even when at the, uh, there's a part where she's, um, cause she's mad at Michael and she's mad at John when they're, and they do the whole sequence of the, um, we're in the tribe and she's like, I'm leaving. And you're like, okay, great. Wendy gets it. She's leaving. 
but then she also she's mad and upset you're like great but then she also kind of does this like oh well that's just how they are that's how they are that's just how men are and shakes it off and then continues to walk and it's like wow what type of um, yeah it's like in the same breath that you're celebrating that she's like i'm not gonna put up with how i'm being treated here i'm also am putting up with it because i'm just shrugging at i think what's happening i think the remake should be wendy's story i think it's called peter pan but i think it's wendy's story it's her journey yeah yeah it's her journey it's called the wizard of oz but it's about dorothy like yeah like that's what it should be it should be how she views it and pan isn't necessarily the good guy he's not a bad guy but he's not the main person and mm-hmm. it's her learning this stuff and taking michael and and john and michael and that sort of thing i i, I think that's how we need to do this from now on yeah mm-hmm. yeah i agree i think story. there were a lot of good traits for her especially at that time mm-hmm. that were written in there but then there were other things that kind of conflicted with that uh, let's let's talk about sidekicks and side characters. Uh, Nana is, is beyond reproach. Nana's great. Smee's great. <laughs> Smee was Smee really Nana. really good. Smee was the, uh, added a comedic aspect that was I think much needed. Yeah. Oh yeah, crocodile. Crocodile's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The Lost Boys can get lost. They were. I mean, they were. Yeah. <laughs> They're just that. Yeah. I, Tinkerbell. You know, how you, we've I've made my feelings on Tinkerbell yeah. clear. <laughs> she's another one where i think like wendy you could dissect and pull out like you know what you're saying like she becomes like an empowerment like in this new cartoon series and i think she's got she's got some of that in this movie and then it's clouded by i mean if she like if you do the thing of like she's in love with peter pan you can't necessarily help who you're in love with and that must be hard on her yeah um and now we're going to talk about what is i think agreeably the best part of this movie at least for Tara and I, Janelle, you can tell us agree. And that's the villain. So and the good. reason I was Amazing excited Hook. to see this. I love Captain Hook. I've always loved Captain Hook. He is one of my top villains. Um, I love him in the Mary Martin play. I love him in this one. Like I said, I let you know I called him out on the lines I didn't agree with. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I think he's fantastic. I love that. And again, he's mirroring the father where he's acting like he's got it all together, but then you see he really doesn't. And the father's the same way. Like, the father's anxiety in the beginning, where he's talking about his cufflinks, and he goes down this rabbit hole of, like, well, if this happens, then this happens, and then this happens. And Hook is very similar. And that's why I think this is almost a Wizard of Oz situation, where this is a figment. It doesn't show this way in this, but the story could be done as a figment of Wendy's imagination or her her brain because that's where she's getting this from. That's yeah. exactly like her hook yeah. is the father and you mm-hmm. know it's all played by the father and hook is interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Now in in Tara's version of this, uh, her father would be the hero, but we won't go into that right now. Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> my dad and I are BFFs. That's the, we have we have a close relationship. But um, let's um, let's go into the, the two big questions. Oh sorry, favorite musical number. I like the pirate song at the end. That was probably my favorite. I like following the leader, but it has problematic lyrics. Yeah. So I have a hard time agreeing with it. But I, I, I think that song's kind of very whimsical and adventurous, but it has problematic lyrics. I will say the pirate song is great. So mm-hmm. I'll probably go with that one. And I also like when they're flying over London. Yeah, I, I that's like the that part. one. And I mean, it's so iconic because it's like you can fly, you can fly, you can... And it takes it's, you through this whole dream sequence. And I, 
I mean, if obviously yeah. if that's what it was, if that's what Peter Pan wasn't, and I think that's where everyone encapsulates their feelings for this movie. It's is that is that that beginning it's that not moment? Entirely accurate yeah. of the it, movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's weird though how like even in that video we watched, Ryan with the one guy was just like, "This was my favorite movie." Yeah, and didn't yeah, and I don't remember and, like, this. Didn't yeah. remember any of that stuff, and that's just so interesting. And myself included, I'm like, "Oh my god, I didn't even remember this stuff at all." Well, I mean, and honestly, I, had... I didn't either until we started talking about it with you. And then, like I said, I listened to another podcast and then I was like, oh, there's more. I thought there would be some problems, but there's more problems there's with this. way than more I problems recalled. than I had remembered. Yeah. Well, we're all on a journey where we haven't reached the destination yet. So, like, yeah, we have like 100, you know, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Um, so we usually talk about does it hold up? And we talk about, you know, all those things. I think we've made our, our views on this very clear. We can probably yeah. skip that. Yeah. Um, the big question is, uh, would you show it to your kids? And I think, Janelica, you've made the best point of that, of like, it's, there's a conversation there. This is not something you can just throw on. Like, I think you're right. I think you need to have a conversation with your kids. You need to think about it before you want to put it on. Like, if, if, if it's been a or while maybe- since you've seen this, like, maybe – watch it first before showing it to that was going to be my suggestion is you know maybe you do want to watch it before you have your kids watch it because as a parent everyone's going to feel differently with yeah when they expose their kids to certain things and how and you know so i think there's there's no wrong way to go about it but just to know that it's there's a lot in this isn't an easy breeze this isn't cinderella yeah. yeah, well, Cinderella's that's great. but that's the other thing. I mean, the first time I ever well, this is, goes with all Disney. But the first time I, I had never even thought about it even before I had kids. But the first time I ever heard someone have a problematic thing with Disney was a a good friend of mine. He had three boys, and he this was like probably five years before I even thought about having kids. And he was saying we don't even show our boys any of the Disney things. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, why? She's like, well, a lot of the things like Cinderella and uh, or Sleeping Beauty are like. I'll show a man saving a woman and I don't want to expose my boys to that. I would tell them to go back and watch Cinderella. So the prince has no, the prince is barely true. In it. but Cinderella, it shows a very strong Cinderella woman, which I think would be, yes. Yeah. And I think we agree the same thing, but going back and I'm, I, yes, there's always that in there, but of the man saving the woman, of the man I, saving I, the woman. Yeah, but in Cinderella, we talked about this. She is so kind and so, so generous. She is such a good protagonist. And our Cinderella episode will obviously be out by now, so go back and listen to that. But like, yeah, I think that one's a good one. But no, I understand like th- that that idea of like, you know, like I you may have to be older before you watch some of these movies that are supposed to be just for kids. Yeah, and Pinocchio's think- horrifying. We've said that a million yeah, times. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think again we are taking a critical eye to yeah. it, but that's what we wanted to do. Hey, with but this. that's it's our podcast. If you don't like it, well, that's what I was just going to say. That's <laughs> no. that's what we wanted to do with this, and yes. I think it's better to be more informed than to be ill-informed or show something and have the experience you had, Janelica. I mean, yeah. you learned from it, but it also I would imagine was a very hard moment to be in, where you started watching it and you're like, oh no, this maybe wasn't right. Yeah. And I think you handled it well, and I think everything is fine um, with your daughter. But, like, you know, it's good to be prepared for those moments, and we're not always going to be, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and honestly, I can't protect her from everything she watches. Exactly. As long as we yes. have education and conversation, I mean, that's the main thing. Because I think a yeah. lot, I think probably when we were kids, like, a lot of our parents just, like, threw on the TV and were just like, 
here you go. Just watch whatever. Yeah. And I have a really legit conversation about these things. And I think that's just the difference. I mean, and that's, and even just having this podcast for parents to listen to and other people to listen to like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. So open these conversations about all these things that we're discussing now. It's, it's great. Well, so we have one last question. This is the big one, guys. And I, I have an opinion. I, I, this may I be want con- you to go first because oh, I'm yeah? curious what you think. So do we, does, this add, does this become part of our collection or do we lock it away in the Disney vault? Guys, I am here to tell you today I'm locking it away in my vault. I, Captain Hook and, Captain, and, and, and this is something we're doing between this episode and the next one, guys. We will start. We are decided we are going to do a villain's ranking. And we have a oh, we have nice. a criteria, we have a, nice. cri- a systematic and scientific way <laughs> of uh, that is absolutely bulletproof and flawless of putting them in the correct perfect order. But we will get to that next time. And I think Captain Hook's going to rate pretty high. Yeah. So we're not forgetting about Captain Hook just because we're putting it in the. But he is not. He alone cannot save cannot save this, this movie. movie. And there are stuff in this movie that's great. It's a Disney movie, but I I think it's time to. Let's all take a long look at it and think it's time. To, it's time. I don't need to see it again. Oh yeah, it's definitely. There's probably two <laughs> big movies that are. It's it, definitely this one in the vault and uh, Pocahontas, which I hope y'all get to at some point. But um, oh, we, yeah, we, it's on we our list. All of so them, but yeah, I've never seen Pocahontas. Yeah, and I remembered loving it as a child, and I love the music, oh, so I think I I'm mean, going to be really heartbroken. Hands down, loved. I sang Colors of the Wind, like love all the music, love a lot of the music, but it's just, and I've already explained this to, for, for me personally, I've already explained the two reasons uh, we've had conversations, obviously about Peter Pan and then even Pocahontas, who sh- she hasn't even seen even yet. But I was like, this is a real historical figure. It's a real person. And the depiction is not real. It's not accurate. It's not accurate. Yeah. Not true. Yeah. So and for, for me, me. <laughs> yeah, for me, it goes in the vault. And it goes now. Oof. Now, listeners, I usually I have a drawer because I don't like locking things in the vault. And for no, me, you have a vault and you have a thing. You no, can't no, no. have a drawer. I have a drawer. <laughs> I have a drawer and I've said it and it's fine. Um, but here's the thing. And I'm is sneaking things out of the drawer and, and putting, putting them, them in, in the your vault. vault. <laughs> it is in the vault for me. And Ryan and I last night talked about it, that if we had children, would we show them Mary Martin? And I think I would. I think that would go on my shelf. I know it's not Disney. But there are some problematic moments in that. But I think there's... all the Indians look like white people at Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> what I will say is I think there's less problematic moments. And I think the nostalgia for Ryan and I, because it was one we grew up with, I think you can still have the conversation about it. And I don't think it's quite as derogatory mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. this version. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. Go back and watch it if it's one you enjoyed. But for me... It brought more positive feelings than it brought negative feelings back when we watched it. I can't say the same for this one. Except when Captain Hook was on screen. Although yeah, he Captain also Hook. had some lines I didn't love. But yeah. So guys, yeah. thank you so much, Janelka. We are pushing the two hour mark. All right, yeah. <laughs> this this one in Alice in Wonderland time. I think Whew. was long too. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to plug. It can be anything you want. It could be something personal. It could be professional. It could be just a, a, a movie you like or... <laughs> A music you've been listening to where you can just say pass no no plugs just thanks for having me on and just thanks for having these conversations i mean they're important so it's great yeah, thank you um guys up next is one uh instead of uh, native americans we'll be talking about the uh interesting portrayal of italian americans i believe in lady, lady and the, and the tramp. tramp 
Yeah. Uh, and we, I believe, have a guest for that one as well. So yep. until next time. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Thank you.